0: Hi, it's Larissa. I'm just popping in to let everyone know that if we sound strangely hopeful in this episode, it's because we recorded it in the last week of December 2020. Oh, we were so young and naive in 2020. Well, happy 2021. Girl meets boy, girl modifies boy's subroutines.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Say 10 Our Fathers and call me in the morning. <laughs> Come on, man. It's back. Hey, listener, this is Lauren, and I have returned. Much like Crusher on season three, I am back. (laughs) Hi, Larissa. Hi, Lauren. I'm so happy you're back. Yes. All those Pulaski's. Just get out of here. Get out of here. I'm back. (laughs) The OG's back. I was going to say, like, <sighs> Denise Crosby trying to figure out ways <laughs> to get back on the show. I'm back. But I realize it's more appropriate for one of our yeah. guest our guest stars that will pop in over and over again. So I'm, I'm more of a crusher, I think.
0: Yeah, you are a crusher. Yeah. The guests are like uh, James Cromwell. Yeah. Who just shows up all over the place. <laughs> in... I think he just likes to wear a lot of prosthetics. You know what I mean?
1: Or mustaches. Doesn't he have a mustache in that
0: one? He's always got mustaches or other things glued to his But he works
1: very well. We're always happy to have him.
0: Yeah, we're always happy to have Zephyr and Cochran back.
1: (laughs) So welcome, guys, to Into the Wormhole with Lauren and Larissa. Sorry, Larissa and Lauren. I'm out of practice. I mean, I'm back from maternity (laughs) leave. I had a baby. So you guys hopefully had some fun um episodes with Larissa and some of her Star Trek fans uh fellow fans including her sister and um I had a lot of fun listening to them while I was on maternity <laughs> leave shore leave shore leave
0: yeah she was on Risa oh if god if only
1: uh, last place <laughs> you want to take a baby I feel like although you might make a baby there um
0: hey oh uh, yeah that's that, that is the place you bake the
1: baby not the place you bring the baby as promised i have my uh, chateau picard glass yay um i i actually don't have wine and so i filled it with a mule which
0: i think is where <laughs>
1: by the way it's like 11am it's not even noon yet but um you deserve it i know it hasn't been since the very first couple of episodes cuz we recorded those the same night uh, we yeah. had some alcohol then, and then I stopped because of the pregnancy and I made a vow before I left for maternity leave that I was going to have my Picard glass and have like a mimosa with you or something. Uh, so, yeah. So it became a mule, but at this point I'll take anything, Yay! which seems very like 2020 <laughs> anyways, is to just be like, yeah, it's, it's 11 in the morning. Why not? The the theme
0: of 2020 is at
1: this point, I'll
0: take anything.
1: <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the weird thing about being a new mom or just a mom in 2020 is I feel like everyone's on the same plane as me, where it's like, yeah. I'm still wearing my pajamas. I haven't combed my hair in four days. Hey, but that's everyone right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so baby's doing fine. I'm doing fine. And um. I'm glad to be back. You had some really cool conversations about music therapy and representation of colonization in Star Trek. Listener, if you haven't heard those, go back a couple episodes, check them out. Uh, And now that I'm back, we're going to do something completely silly and maybe lowbrow and goofy, but that's because I'm back. So deal with it.
0: Yeah, deal with it. (laughs) Deal with it. To celebrate the new year... Which, by the time you are hearing this, uh, it'll be 2021. We decided, screw resolutions. Let's talk about guilty pleasures.
1: Yay.
0: (laughs) Because, you know, watching watching that episode of Star Trek that you just love to watch, but maybe isn't, like, the coolest one... Or is maybe the one that like has definitely ended up on some worst episode list? Yeah. but you
1: still want to watch it? It's it's kind of I, I like it. I feel like this kind of goes back to Star Trek self care. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. this is kind
0: of this is kind of like that. And yeah.
1: and in this case, it's sort of the same. But now it's like here's the episodes I may not admit to my fellow Star Trek fan right away that I enjoy. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I am excited. We all,
1: we all need our vices right now. I think that's what we communicated to each other earlier.
0: I mean, I'm not like, I'm not diving deep into all my vices. I have quit some vices. Oh, really? Like what? <laughs> well, I haven't, like, I haven't been really drinking very much over quarantine just because I just haven't wanted to.
1: I couldn't you know? drink because I was pregnant.
0: You couldn't drink because you were pregnant. I just didn't want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still, like, Christmas Day had a, a Bloody Mary. Oh, you know? good. Good. So, I mean, I'm like, I am. Drink- it's not like I I'm I wasn't like I need to quit drinking. I just was like, I don't really want to drink.
1: You're just uh, not taking like a flamingo inner tube and like jumping into a pool of whiskey <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, which is what a lot of people are doing. And, you know, I'm not <laughs> I'm saying I understand. On that note, has someone made an enterprise pool float? Oh my god. Cuz I wouldn't be far off from those unicorn or flamingo inner tubes that are right? almost like sculptural in nature. There are
0: I know that there are Starfleet uniform bathing suits. Yes,
1: I've seen those.
0: So there has to be I mean, there's a Enterprise pizza cutter. I yeah, have so, one. Some com- <laughs>
1: right, probably for me. Um yeah. some company out there needs to get on making the Enterprise pool float pool Um, floaty
0: it needs yeah it needs to happen oh you know what no it shouldn't be the enterprise it should be ds9 ds9 is already a ah, donut shape it's already a donut shape
1: that's true
0: i well
1: i mean we need make them
0: both make them both make them all i want a ds9 pool floaty
1: (laughs) can that be like maybe that can be like the big one Like the one that's like the drink holder, you know? Oh yeah. Like the bowl of chips in the middle and it becomes like the serving tray in the pool.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. These are 2021 dreams.
0: (laughs) There are lots of options for drink holder positioning
1: in the DS nine pool floaty (laughs) and pylon. Okay. My drinks in pylon eight. Nobody touch (laughs) it. All right. Are you ready to talk about some guilty pleasure episodes?
0: I really fucking am. Uh, I enjoyed the shit out of watching these. Obviously, these are our guilty pleasures. (laughs) I was, like, squeaking and yelling at the screen and getting sassy with it. And Dan was like, are you usually like this when you watch Star Trek when I'm not around? And I was like, maybe? I don't know. I think I'm getting a little extra juicy today because it's these episodes.
1: (laughs) Well, and what I like, too, is that... We both these episodes got nominated for different reasons. One, uh, the guilty pleasure, I think, is more the the story. The other one is because for me, at least the art direction, like the story is just yeah. kind of like whatever you could take it or leave it. Um, and ironically, they are coincidentally, I should say they have very similar names. Um, I chose uh, Next Generation Season One Haven, <laughs> uh, which which. It- coincidentally is a is a Loxana and Deanna Troy episode but we're not going to focus on that so much I know you guys just got like a healthy dose of that with Larissa and her sister but before we get into that I want to mention what you picked because you picked uh, Voyager's new wait New Haven no what is <laughs> Fair, it Fair Fairhaven, Fairhaven. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, they go, they go take a tour of Yale University <laughs> in New Haven, Connecticut. The whiskey's already
1: working. <laughs> yeah, they have oddly, very similar names, but I actually think we should start with the Voyager episode first. Because we had a lot of TNG the last one, and it seems kind of appropriate maybe to switch it up and, and talk about Janeway and her group. Oh, yeah,
0: because we also just talked about Loxana yeah. on the last episode. Okay. Um so this is this is my pick. Uh Fairhaven Voyager season 6 episode 12. I had thought about saving this episode because we had an idea to do a whole episode on falling in love on the holodeck. Oh, well we can still mention it. Oh yeah, well, well we have to. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like legit a very guilty pleasure for me i think this episode is fucking great so uh voyager is still lost in the delta quadrant and they're uh sort of flying through an area of space where they have to just sort of coast on uh like a wave of some kind of space thing
1: there's a storm coming there's a space storm
0: and they're just going to coast through it but they have to kind of just sit tight and wait so there's like a lot things that we can relate to right now they just have to sort of bat she literally says batten down the hatches and they all just have to like sit around and twiddle their thumbs but instead of that tom and harry have created this Very exciting new holodeck program called Fairhaven, which is basically just hang out in a a 19th century uh,
1: Irish village. It's very like Disney, like if Disney had Ireland land or Epcot. It feels, um, I think, romanticized at best, at worst, maybe a little you know (laughs) non-PC
0: oh yes absolutely it's it's absolutely it's just it's supposed to be like idyllic stereotypical Irish cliche uh, cliche, like fucking butterflies flying in the air and like a, a a pretty girl with with like nice rosy cheeks selling flowers on the cobblestone street and you know And it's like we're
1: Catholic and we drink. We're Irish, yeah. Yeah, So we'll definitely acknowledge that. Like it's oh, absolutely. Like no, it's just (laughs) that
0: that's an eye roll. (laughs) Anyway, it's it's like if if uh, the town in Beauty in the animated Beauty and the Beast (laughs) was in Ireland. Anyway, um, it's just like a place for them to go so that they're not bored out of their minds uh, and they can do whatever they want, basically. So Neelix convinces Jane Way to just have an open door policy with this holodeck program so people just can just come and go and stop in whenever they want so that nobody like goes space crazy. And Jane Way decides to check it out, and she meets this bartender, Michael Sullivan, who catches her eye and he's like ruggedly handsome and witty and cute and he and she like hangs out with him all night long and then his wife shows up and he's like and she's like uh oops and then she goes in and changes his parameters to be like her ideal man and it's a fucking love that scene man. I love that part. I love that part. She makes him a little bit taller. She makes him three centimeters taller <laughs> so, oh, doesn't
1: really make that much of a difference.
0: Right. Um. Uh. The facial hair part, where she's like, make him clean shaven, and she's like, no, 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 I don't like that. Put it back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Two days growth.
0: I know. I fucking love that. That's wonderful. And then, uh, she she kind of freaks out because she feels herself having feelings for him. So she decides to stop, not go back. And then he. <laughs> I was like so broody he gets like so sad and like loses it because she hasn't come back to the holodeck and they've just been running this program so he's had time to think about it Um, and she has this whole conversation with the doctor about how dangerous it is that she has this person that she can just change anything about him that she doesn't like and make him more and more perfect, and how how like scary that is, and how like weird it is. And the doctor is like, so just don't change anything anymore. And also says like, you need to do this. You need this. This is important, which is so lovely. And also, so does Chakotay. Chakotay's like,
1: go for it. <laughs> well, can I just interrupt you to say yeah. I love how, because uh, he he accidentally comes across them. In the simulation, oh, so, it's so he, cute. he kind of picks up on the fact that she's embarrassed, and that later on the bridge when they're in the real world, you know, he's like, "It was nice to see you having fun," and she says, "Yeah, he's charming, but he's all photons and force fields." And Chicote says, "That never stopped me before," ha, ha, ha. and I love that because it's basically him saying, "Like, hey, we all do it. I fucked a hologram. He's like, I fuck a hologram, right? Yeah, never <laughs> stopped
0: me before." <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, love that. So uh, there's, a, there's a big thing uh, with the big storm, and they have to pull power from all parts of the ship so that they can get through this last part of the storm, which means they have to pull power from the holodecks and lose a bunch of Fairhaven in order to survive. So Tom says it's going to take, like, what, like seven weeks or something yeah. to build it back up. And, uh, but he can save Michael Sullivan. And so she goes back in and sees him again and it's real cute. And then she locks herself out of being able to edit his subroutines anymore. And that's the end of the episode. And it's so fucking lovely.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, uh, our podcast episode will probably be a lot of us laughing at, um both of these episodes but on a more serious note before we get to that i this is an episode that i always forget how much i enjoyed until i watch it mm-hmm. um it's just kind of fun um and but i'm i'm touched at how the dilemma for jane way it's not just like a love lost story um it's touching that the the part where she does change him turns into such a dilemma for her later on that it becomes much more of a not just I found love with a a hologram and he's not real like you think that would be the whole premise of the episode but for her it's more about what would actually happen if I fell in love with someone that I could change with a snap of my fingers and what does that mean as far as how genuine that relationship is it's not Mm -hmm. just about hey, I'm in love with a, with a quote-unquote fake person. It yeah. becomes more about that dilemma for her. And that's kind of, uh, I have to hand it to the episode. I think it's a little bit more sophisticated of a concept yes. that people give it credit for.
0: Yes, I completely agree with that. Yeah,
1: yes. and, and it's really nice. You're talking about good friend moments. You know, Chakotay hey. is kind of talking to her in a more simplistic way about like it's so it's okay to do that behavior on the holodeck everyone does it and then yeah the relation the talk she has with the doctor later is much more about him saying everyone's your subordinate and we're going to be stuck here in a long time like yeah like you said larissa like she kind of needs to give herself permission to do this um, yeah for her sort of well-being um but yeah it's like she has very limited i love how he says like what you're supposed to like you know just just you know sleep with the random passing alien now and then yeah like picard (laughs) (laughs) so but it it, it becomes a bigger question of like what does the captain actually do yeah and honestly i think all the members should be Everyone in the crew should be given permission to do this. Everyone not should have their own the
0: Ponfar program. Right? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about how, like, dude, Doctor made Ponfar programs for Vorik and Tuvox, So <laughs> why doesn't everyone get their own sexy program? I mean, come uh, on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Especially... I would be encouraging this behavior if I was the captain. Because, I mean, it's not just about, like, you know, Hooking up with people or finding relationships in your sanity. But also, if everybody was getting together and then breaking up, that would be probably the most awkward, hostile environment. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it's like, yeah, we got to find other outlets. Yeah, that's important. I mean, and
0: that's I I also really appreciated the acknowledgement of sexuality being important to existence, which is like, I think something Star Trek does occasionally. But uh, also there's. Far, which is fucking weird, um like I'm gonna die if I don't fuck right now,
1: yeah, it's like <laughs> they're know? a salmon or something yeah, like, what is happening All these don't... Vulcans going upstream
0: uh right right uh but but the this acknowledgement of sexuality being an important part of existence and acknowledging that in a woman, which is something that uh I don't think Star Trek has done before this. I feel like in media in general, that's acknowledged in men overall, you know, it's acknowledged that like men need to spread their seed or whatever, like, you know, that kind of shit. But like, that's not really acknowledged in female characters in media much at all until recently, you know, until like the era of WAP. So, (laughs) so it's nice to see this episode that came out in the 90s. Or the or like two thousand maybe, be like, hey, Janeway has been alone for like six years and she gets horny too. It's this is important and she's lonely. Like I literally have in my notes, ah, she's lonely and horny. <laughs>
1: She has and that, that s- line where she says, "I think I've waited long enough."
0: Yes, like when and, they uh, have their first kiss. Oh God, she's like, "Oh God, please kiss me! I need to be <laughs> kissed." I totally understand.
1: Well, and I feel like they're talking about something else, but they do a really oh, good yeah, job yeah, of yeah, keeping yeah. it family, you know, friendly. Yes, um, yes,
0: absolutely. And I also looked it up, and like aside from like a couple of episodes where there's a little bit of sexual tension with Chakotay, she only has two romantic interests in the entirety of the show one of them is Michael Sullivan and the other one is that bad guy dude who's looking for telepaths in well, that one that episode
1: was, I noticed to some degree that was on purpose yeah especially with Kate Mulgrew because they with her being the first female captain they didn't want to undermine her or they didn't want to focus too much on any romances like that yeah. one that you're talking about um the Mahler guys uh, yeah. were the one where she and Chakotay are on the planet oh, together. Yeah, which one. is another uh-huh. guilty pleasure of mine.
0: I there know, was I love that one talk too. Talk
1: about like having them somewhat hook up, and I think Mulgrew pushed back on it. She was yeah. like, "No." Um, so you only get like the the faintest of that possibility in that episode. But... And
0: I actually appreciate that, especially because of the the characters and the professional relationship. Like that makes sense. It makes sense to me. Um, that they wouldn't
1: hook up. Even when they're left to, like, basically die on this planet. I know, God.
0: (laughs) Oh, I mean, if they had been there for longer than they were, they would have. They would have. But they're they're not
1: there for very long. I guess, I mean, he makes a fucking bathtub. Like, they've been there long enough for him to sculpt a bathtub.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that he makes a bathtub. So... Uh, anyway sorry he, he builds her a fucking spa soaking tub like this is what women want <laughs> build us bathrooms <laughs> give us incredible bathrooms like i don't really fucking care what my bedroom is like give me a an incredible bathroom <laughs> give me a soaker tub <laughs> seriously i want a steam shower i want a big ass tub this is this is like this is for real i'm not kidding i want double sinks i want yeah i want space in my bathroom um eucalyptus uh but but okay so i i understand those things and i understand like you know it coming out at the time that it did and and shit i feel like if if voyager was coming out now that the writers would be more willing to treat the janeway character in a romantic sense more like picard like he has he doesn't really have hookups he has like little Sweet relationships with people, you know? <laughs> micro relationships. He has yeah. He has like his little micro relationship with Commander Darren. He has his little micro relationship with Vosh. You know, like he has, you know, Yeah, he
1: doesn't really have flings, right? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have like...
0: he's not like Riker where he's like Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm oh, gonna go yeah. have a one night stand on Riza and it's gonna be fun and then I'm gonna bring back a game that's gonna take over the whole shit. <laughs> that's exactly
1: what I was thinking of. <laughs>
0: But it's not like you lose respect for Picard because he's having (laughs) – that he's having relationships with with women that he's meeting. But Janeway, I feel like they would have given her more opportunities for that is what I'm saying nowadays than they did at the time. And then maybe – yeah.
1: I do. And I think that was on purpose. Yeah. I think even if you've given Picard and Janeway, like, each of them five relationships throughout their seven seasons – first even if it was the same amount and the same type yeah it would just feel different with it being a woman captain
0: yeah yeah they were definitely aware of that at the time yes um but here i am like janeway needs to get laid (laughs) like (laughs) i'm like how and and it also like it makes it so apparent with the the way that they contrast her from the bridge to the holodeck again that It's so obvious how she has to, you know, keep her shit together. Because, like, how stressful of a situation is this? Like, her ship is lost in the Delta Quadrant. It's going to take, like, 70 years to get home. She has no contact with Starfleet. She's got to keep this whole shit running. And it's a lot. I mean, she's got way more pressure on her than Picard ever did. She's really... Yeah. holding everything together like she literally needs a break like she has to have one
1: and so, she thought she had someone waiting for her and i think since I this know. is season six by then is it mark is that the name yeah of the guy mark yeah she finds out like mark went like moved on and got married and she's like which oh. totally so makes sense she's also kind yeah. of dealing with the fact that she probably wouldn't have been in a relationship because she thought this guy was waiting for her and now it's not and and she told and she also acknowledges that that it makes sense and it's yeah, yeah well fine. true yeah yeah um i think i think what's refreshing for me out of this story is that it you know you're talking about the portrayal of you know male and female captains is this seems to be a nice combination of uh emotional relationship which i think when you do get this for Women at this time, or in the past, when it's a relationship, it's more emotional or more like falling yes. in love. Yeah. Uh, whereas like men, it might be more sexual. Yeah. Just sex based, like Riker, yeah. you were saying. Yeah. We more just but more I physical think in this not, case it's yeah. a nice combination of both emotional, but but sexuality. Like you said, like yeah. they're totally acknowledging the fact that it's just been a long time since she's been touched. You know. Yes. Like yes. she's just ready to get it on with this hologram guy, and so I think they play nicely with the fact that it's both those components together
0: yes i yeah. i totally agree i totally agree uh because it also plays into her character as well that she's attracted to intelligence um and we see that in the only other romantic interest that's not Jakote that's not on the ship with that that guy uh the Mahler guy that
1: yeah i forget that episode but i remember it happening
0: that they're they're playing an an intellectual game with each other. Um and that's attractive to her, which mm. I understand cuz I'm also attracted to intelligence. So that it it makes sense that like she would want that aspect in a lover. So cool. Get it. Get it. <laughs> well, and it's nice too cuz when
1: that scene happens where she's adjusting everything from his You know, his intelligence level and his interest to the way he looks. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, could you, first of all, I think it's refreshing that that scene. In a lesser episode, it really could just be a random scene. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wouldn't it be fun if she goes in and makes him the perfect mate? And then it never there's never a callback to it. But yeah. there is because yeah, that's the that, whole point. That's of the her whole episode. Yeah. Dilemma later on in her conflict is that I can always change this person and this is not reality. Yeah. That you can just change people. Um so that's nice that there's actually more to that scene than just it being there. But I was thinking if you flipped this and it was Picard doing this to a female hologram. I was like, Ooh, I don't yeah. think you can get away with that. I, I think don't people know. It's sort you of can. cry foul.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, unless it's,
1: Unless that storyline actually did progress that way. But before I remembered that or that was revealed, I was thinking, I feel like you couldn't get away with this as well yeah. if it was like I mean, Riker or Picard.
0: Not at the time, definitely. I feel like um, the way that. That gender was sort of set up at the time in the '90s and early 2000s. um, I think it would definitely have been a little bit weird for a, a man to be making the perfect. I mean, it, it, it's delicate, right? It, yeah, right. It's delicate. Right. That's all like, I'm saying. Like, is if, that... if, if 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 it's Picard and he's like, give her this education, like give her give her a master's degree well, from Caltech. That's true. That's you know, true. and and like make her a, a little bit more brunette or like give her red hair you know like and then make her uh, look like crusher make her look like beverly Crusher, make her a doctor and then make her uh also know how to tap dance (laughs) but but like if it's if it's those because that's a really good
1: point if it's
0: those traits and it's not like give her double d's you know yes then it's then it's a little different then it's like i'm looking for companionship i'm not looking for a porn star you know i'm looking for someone who will uh challenge me. I'm looking for someone who is interesting.
1: You are right. On that level, it would be totally appropriate. Yeah, yeah. like
0: I can see I can like now imagine Picard being like make her interested in in a like ethnomusicology. Like <laughs> <laughs> an archaeology. like yeah. yeah, make her interested in in like yeah, <laughs> archaeology.
1: You're right though. That does yeah that's a good point that I could I could totally see that happening.
0: Yeah. That's the thing I think that that makes it for me is like when she's like, make him more provocative.
1: Yeah, like curious she, about yeah, the world.
0: Yeah, that that part I was like, ooh, you're getting in there, Janeway. <laughs> I was like, I feel that.
1: <laughs> so uh if you feel like we're ready to move on with this episode, um we're talking about some of the things we like about the concepts and the story. But also, with it being a guilty pleasure, it can't be a guilty pleasure, I feel like, unless we recognize that there are some weaker points to it.
0: um, Yeah.
1: So I'm really <laughs> curious to talk to you about, like, we recognize that this isn't maybe the best episode. What are some of the things that we know make it a subpar episode for Star Trek? Oh, God.
0: Uh, well, I mean, let's just... <laughs> As we acknowledged earlier, the poor representation of Irish culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's just so simplistic and it's so you're like like we said earlier, it's so disnified. Uh yes. it's like whatever. The only the only thing I saw uh that felt in the least bit authentic was the music in that dancing scene and the instruments used in that dancing scene. Those all were quite authentically Irish,
1: uh, traditionally Irish. Aside from
0: that, it was like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know what it makes me think about is how, I mean, in America, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day the way we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Which is very much like surface level acknowledgement of another culture
0: <laughs> uh reason I, to get drunk
1: <laughs> and i think with this episode because i'm not going to say all but because most irish people i think we could say are historically you know whoa hit my microphone um <laughs> caucasian you know england anglo-saxon um yeah because it's of not the it's part not as the world apparent yet. of the simplification it's not as apparent as like again a cinco de mayo um, with Mexico or other um cultures that might we might you know think of a minority race or something like that, or like um, chicote <laughs> yes or native american yeah. uh that 's another good example, yeah, uh, so I think sometimes the i think that what that 's what lends itself to the romanticizing of yeah yeah the irish uh you know culture um especially in america um yeah it 's a, yeah. a little cringeworthy i it 's not like I don't want to go so far and say it's super offensive. I mean, it's not like Code of Honor where it's like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, and also because the portrayal, I mean, is is that they're trying, Tom and Harry are trying to create an idyllic place to hang out so that they're distracted from the horrible shit they have to deal with every day. And the fact that they chose to make it uh, 1800s ireland is is like they chose that because they wanted it to be a disney movie basically you know they chose that because they wanted it to be brave
1: well if you think about it again it's like a very romantic setting and time period it's not i mean irish immigrants when they especially came to the u.s they had a hard time exactly Uh, this is before angela's ashes came out you guys yeah so i i mean it's again it's like a kind of a moment where you could kind of cherry pick it and be like yeah let's do this it's so
0: picturesque yeah exactly exactly i guess what i mean is like they're they're uh because it's it's an escape they're not going to acknowledge they're not going to acknowledge the uh like the the potato famine i almost said the tomato famine
1: (laughs) Well, and it's very, uh, and and not only for like uh, Tom Paris's interpretation, but just for, you know, Star Trek and TV. Yes, um, yes. You know, I mean, it's like all, like there's a mention of leprechauns. There's Danny right. boy. Um, yes. There's. Yes. God, what else? Oh, sh- I think his name is Seamus. It's like literally the his first name person is Tom Seamus. talks to. And his... I, I wrote down in my notes like, why did Tom even create this character? <laughs>
0: it seems uh, like he's really yeah. kind
1: of annoying Tom. But he talks about being like thrown out by his wife and needing a. Sh- there's something about it yeah, that just. Yeah, needing a very- couple shillings
0: to buy a pint.
1: Yes. It's like yeah. there's drinking, there's arm wrestling, there's. Yeah. Oh, my wife is a. Yeah. You won't meet yeah. a better lass, but. Yeah. Yeah. She threw me yeah. out. And it just seems like there's a lot of. um. Like you said, it's it makes your eyes roll. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just that's like. definitely one of the faults of this episode.
0: It's American culture taking like any foreign culture and like. Boiling it down and making it as simple as it's like fucking Mario and Luigi. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> but 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 it is. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like that's not how Italian people talk. <laughs> you, come on, we do that with every we, we do we do that with everything. We do that with Canada. We do that with everything. Um, also, P.S. Uh, the actor that plays Seamus is Batai from The Inner Light. Oh, yeah. I had one of those moments that I have on a regular basis where I'm like, do I know this actor from Star Trek or do I know this actor from acting? (laughs) It turns out I know this actor from Star Trek, from another Star Trek.
1: And we found out um, the bartender
0: that Janeway falls in
1: love with, Sullivan, right? Michael Sullivan. Uh, I looked him up very briefly. I don't remember his name. He's actually Irish. Um, he's yeah, he an Irish had the actor, only good accent. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he's been on Game of Thrones. I can't tell you what actor on Game of Thrones he's been in, but I looked it up really quickly. He's one of the earlier seasons. He has, you know, more than one episode that he's in. He just doesn't show up for five minutes. But, you know, I thought like, dude, that's pretty legit. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's almost like Game of Thrones is the new next generation where everyone's been on it at some point. Yeah. Yeah yeah we already know Bashir was on it
0: (laughs) Um, I know no y'all I've never seen Game of Thrones
1: (laughs) I have and I still can't uh, tell you what's going on but it's just it seems (laughs) like a lot of work
0: you guys I just that's all I'm gonna say Game of Thrones seems like a lot of work so yeah the the Irish representation (laughs) not so
1: great not not so great not so great I think the reason why this maybe isn't as successful of a Star Trek episode is just in the grand scheme of things it just doesn't feel very Star Trek. Mm. Uh you know it it takes place 100% on the holodeck and you know although sometimes that does work it might also be like the uh Q and Sherlock um not Sherlock um Sherwood Forest writing yeah uh robin hood i was, I was starting to say hood? peter yeah. pan um, but it's kind of like there's viewers are sometimes gonna like it when star trek takes a, a step into a different lane and sometimes they're not you know yeah yeah and but that again it's not me acknowledging that this is an amazing episode and that it's a matter of taste it's like no i can recognize this is not the strongest star trek episode yeah but i think some of it is just um you know like i'm i'm actually i'm not a big fan of 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 uh time travel in star trek that's nothing against the episode that's just my personal taste yeah um but in this case i do acknowledge that i'm like yeah this episode's got some fun things about it but it's not gonna be the first episode i recommend to somebody
0: oh absolutely but i also wouldn't say skip it
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i I would say skip spirit folks yeah skip spirit folk don't skip Fairhaven. I think this is a fun episode for Janeway.
0: Yeah. She's so cute in this episode. That's, She's adorable.
1: That's the, the pull quote for this episode. Like if they had a <laughs> quote box. Yeah. Fucking lovely. Larissa Meister. Fucking Maestro. lovely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for real. For real. Oh, I had a thing I was going to say and now I forgot what it was. Oh,
1: I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I remember. I remember. Oh. This Irish representation does not seem as bad to me as Up oh. the long ladder
1: oh yes that's true the the review i did read did point it out too they said it's it's definitely better than up the long ladder in tng but yeah that episode's yeah. bad yeah that it's, one it's like oof. they're all dirty drunks Ugh, who, who are just like and the women are loud and just yeah. constantly looking for a good man Ugh, that episode's awful <laughs> yes i hate that episode so much
0: uh, anyway yeah that's my guilty pleasure pick all right so
1: my guilty pleasure pick
0: oh my god lauren so i never watch ep- the first season of oh. tng i never go back on purpose and watch s- season one so this was a fucking treat i was
1: the whole time i was like oh my god oh my god oh my god yes Yes, I think, uh, you know, we talk a lot about season one and obviously in the Star Trek fandom universe, season one gets discussed a lot about not only TNG, probably all the, you know, shows shows in the franchise. Um, but if you want a, what I think is a fun episode to go back and check out season one, uh, Haven is definitely the way to go. Uh, yes. Because for me, the story, it's like, eh, who cares about the story, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, for me, the art direction of this, it's a feast for the eyes. There is some season one action going on. There is some 80s action going on. And it's just, <laughs> 80s just action. so many moments. Yeah. Yes. It's like nonstop visual feast for just how ridiculous season one was. Yep yeah in a good way Mm -hmm. um so and i actually forget what episode this is i know it's season one but um on netflix
0: because of the way they do the numbering it's it's episode 10
1: on the internet they say it's episode 11
0: (laughs) it's in there somewhere it's around episode 10 or
1: 11 all right i'm gonna do my summary yeah uh even though i I just finished my mule so hopefully okay um But uh, yeah, basically all you need to know is that uh, it turns out Troy was betrothed uh, to a son of a, you know, friends of the family years ago through her father. And now we fast forward and the family and her betrothed, her fiance are coming on the ship to have the marriage happen. And Wyatt, the guy she's supposed to marry, is surprised to find that Troy is Troy because he thinks she's going to be somebody else, this woman that he has uh, dreamed of his whole life. And so he just assumes that since Troy is half Betazoid, that it must be his fiance. We later find out there is a ship that is headed over to the planet where they are at. Um, And the aliens on the planet are like, hey, this ship is full of a bunch of aliens that have this really lethal virus. You can't let them on. They're Terrellians, right? Terrellians. Yeah, Yeah. they're like, keep the Terrellians away. We're part of the Federation. You have to protect us. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of the B story. And then we basically find out that Wyatt, the betrothed, has actually been in contact all these years with somebody on the Terrellian ship. And he decides as a doctor... That he is going to uh, go over there, not only to be with the woman that he's been having this contact with all his life, but to hopefully cure them. And thus, Troy does not get married to him. The end. Also, it's very important to point out that this is uh, Loxana, Troy's first episode. Yes. So if there are story highlights, it really is the fact that this is the first uh, episode of Loxana, Troy. Oh, yeah. This is the
0: first time you see Loxana and the first time you see Mr. Home. Yeah. Then on top of that,
1: every other cut, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yes. I mean, it really is just like nonstop. <laughs> like, oh, man. And so not only like Star Trek, star trek kind of cheesy tropes but just like sci-fi ones in general yeah like you know just oh the costume design weird things i feel like we're gonna have to go through like a laundry list of just oh yeah maybe maybe the visuals and then go from there
0: uh i i have to I'll have to bring up the whole Torellian ship. We have to talk about their whole I call whole it the Lisa ship. Frank
1: mood ring ship. Oh
0: my god, it really is so Lisa Frank. I love it. I love it. I love that like all the screens on their bridge are just like they basically just look like lava lamps. <laughs> uh, even even the even stuff on the Enterprise like that the once <gasps> the scene in the uh holodeck with Riker Yes, I love. I was like, this set is
1: awesome. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Okay. So, where do we start? Yeah, Um, there's there's so. Go from the beginning. First of all, uh, something you and I both loved was we see Riker very like yeah, and he's enjoying (laughs) these two women in metallic togas that are playing heart music, and then we find out that they're like ten inches tall, and it's a projection you know yeah tiny holograms this is spotify in the future um yeah but i love how he's looking at he's like yeah heart ladies
0: (laughs) i was like what the fuck is happening right now that to me felt very sci-fi yeah yeah it really did it really did i wonder why we like never see that again
1: (laughs) (laughs) we have another good moment in the beginning where the um the wedding gift the bonding gift that is sent before the family comes on board of the betrothed um, man is a a box that has a man's silver face that is, <laughs> it feels like something out of Pee Wee's playhouse right yes, it like really when does. phil hartman was in there yeah but it's a silver yeah it's slashed out that,
0: that one episode with loxana and alexander on the holodeck
1: oh that's right it feels yeah. like that too that felt very high tech compared yeah. to this yeah but uh and it makes this announcement and it's armin shimmerman i know quark it's quark before he was quark it's his very first star trek appearance it's ridiculous
0: (laughs) Uh, when the jewels pop out yes
1: and everyone's like oh my god (laughs) i know tasha's like oh my god fucking jewels I've been surrounded by rape gangs. Finally, I know,
0: and it's but she's like freaked out, and then she's like, "Wow!" And it's all just like plastic costume jewelry, Uh, exactly. (laughs) Um, I do miss this Deanna look. Oh, it's season one. Troy loved this. Um, I'm pretty sure Marina Sirtis hated this. I think she did. Yeah, Yeah. They
1: worked in season two. They had a different uh, costume designer come in. Yeah, and she worked a lot with um. Marina Sirtis to like work on troy's look so yeah, yeah this one she's got the the kind of interesting j- season one jumpsuit um yeah. but she also has like the elaborate beaded hair
0: yes yes the big like bun with like the jewels like sewn into her weave yeah. and then that the belt the like v-shaped belt thing it's very fancy it's very formal
1: it feels very elaborate compared to what she turned into.
0: Yeah. That, like she, it's fussy. It's fussy. It's very fussy. It feels like a lot of work.
1: Did um, you notice, and, by the way, that Loxana, midway through the episode, has like the same beaded hair? It's yeah. slightly different, but it's like woven in there. I thought yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. They were trying to make it like a Betazoi thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I love seeing this beginning of Loxana's like over the top costuming, even though everyone's pretty much wearing the same outfit the whole episode. Mm-hmm. In later episodes you'd see Loxana change clothes several times throughout an episode and have different costumes. But this is like I mean, this costume is excellent. It's so over the top. It's so mm-hmm. bright. The it's super low back um yes. that she that she has, the really bright like pink and red eyeshadow um the the like all the stuff woven into her hair it's just excellent dan was like is that moira rose from schitt's creek (laughs) and i was like oh my god is luxana troy the og moira rose yes she is (laughs) they have the same totally the same vibe with like the wearing the all the bonkers shit the like weird way of of Uh, communicating all of it's I was like that is
1: astute (laughs) well and I have to say here that Luxana obviously has had very loud outfits throughout the whole time she's existed in the franchise but what I love is that this being her first episode and especially being not only 1987 but you know Majel Roddenberry was a You know, an older woman in Hollywood. And I would say she reminds me of like my aunts. Like she's very broad-shouldered. Like she Mm -hmm. isn't that kind of um, stereotypical, beautiful woman. So the fact that she was so confident, so loud as Loxana, but also her... Her costume change, her wardrobe change, where she does have, like, that deep cut in the back. Yeah. We're not talking about, like, oh, it goes to her lower back. Like, it is grazing, basically, her butt cleavage. Like, Absolutely any is, yes. And her butt crack is showing. But yeah. I love the fact that they were confident enough to put her in that dress. Yes. And have this woman not only be kind of um, eccentric, as Troy puts it, yeah. but they were like, look at her body. Look how... Yeah, she's yeah. just like all over the place, but it isn't done in a way that undermines her.
0: Yeah, they started her off being confident yeah. right out the gate. They didn't have to develop that. They were like, she is going to wear some sexy shit. She is fierce. Yes. She wears whatever the fuck she wants. She says whatever the fuck she wants. She does whatever the fuck she wants
1: all the time from her the s- very yeah. beginning. I was going to say her first scene is great. because. Oh. I mean, Troy just gives uh, Picard the warning, like my mother's a little eccentric, and then she comes. I, first of all, I love it. Like she comes on board the uh, the the you know the transporter. Is yeah, that what I'm thinking. Yes, and she's backwards and she's has her arms out like she can't <laughs> see. She's just like, where did everybody go? And she's like, oh, I hate it when it happens. And then immediately, uh, I wrote down this line. I loved it so much. She, um, she's like, "Oh, you must be the captain." And he goes, "Oh, that must be that you know zoid ability." And she says, "Oh, that wasn't telepathy. That was just common sense." Like that. And she's just like, "Snap, snap, snap, snap," yeah. saying all the things. That's such a Luxana Troy, yes. moment. And it's it's literally in like the first minute we get her, um, and I love it. It just it says so much about her. Yeah, Boom. yeah
0: it lays the groundwork for Luxon. That's why like watching this episode, it doesn't feel like it's her first episode because the groundwork for her character was laid so well. Fucking wonderful. Also, PS, having Picard carry her very heavy bag. <laughs> uh joke. That was uh that was fucking lovely S- skinny little Patrick Stewart trying to lift this enormous copper colored suitcase. Ugh, and then what's what's his name? What's the guy that plays Mr. Holmes name? Ugh, I forget his name. I'm just always like, you know, Lurch from the Addams family. Yeah, uh, Carol Striken. He is just so fucking funny in this episode. I mean, he's always funny, but like this, he is so fucking funny in this episode <laughs> when he just like picks it up like no problem after Patrick Stewart's been like struggling with it. Just excellent. Ugh, every every moment of Luxana, Troy, in this episode, I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Both of them. When Lurch... when I said Lurch. <laughs> when Mr. Holmes <laughs> sat slash Lurch, Mr. Lurch gets drunk at the dinner, he keeps hitting that little gong
1: over and over again. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're going to get to the party scene. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that,
0: I just... Uh, there's so much to talk about. So I don't blame funny, you. just uh, so funny. A laundry
1: list, real quick, of some things before we get to the like epic party scene. Yeah. Um, you and I both noticed like the beaded curtains and the room looks on as and 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 it's not like she went in and started dressing up the place. It really right? looks like this is how the room's supposed to be. And this is just on,
0: quarters on the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, on any day of the week. And yeah. so it's there's like beaded curtains. I love when. Patrick Stewart, you know, as Picard, steps out of the room. He goes into a hallway where there's that like season one, weird '80s wall treatment wallpaper. Yeah, that looks. It looks like it's the side of a outdated, um, disposable soft drink cup. If that makes yeah. any sense. <laughs> yes, I um, totally am with yes. you. Yes, with you. And then there's this whole episode. If you look, there's just like weird fake plants. Like Crusher has a scene. In sick bay, where there's like a weird fake plant. There's just so many plants, apparently, on the Enterprise season one.
0: Yeah, very much more like a hotel lobby situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The party. Oh, God, the party. Okay. First of all, it's in this banquet hall, which, if I remember correctly, you see this sort of um, event space, I'm going to call it, only one other time in season one, and then it's never used again. But it's yeah. like, they're hotel banquet room yes. on the Enterprise. Yes. This is and before
0: the, 10 Forward existed. This is because yes, this is before yes. Whoopi. So, and they created 10 Forward for Whoopi. So in later seasons, uh, an, a, a scene like this would have happened in 10 Forward, but we don't have that set
1: yet. And, so, and this is so low rent. I love it in yes. a loving way because I know their budget wasn't very much. Yes. And I can just feel the Stress and the pain of the art director. Like, as how a, do we make an this artist look cool. myself where <laughs> they're like, okay, we got these like cheap banquet chairs, we're gonna put this cover on it. It looks kind of spacey, yeah. And it's just like you can tell they just had you know like the same tables that they were using from catering that craft service had. It's like, we'll get those, those are fine. They have like purple plastic dishware and forks and knives and yes, plastic wine plastic. Like, did you notice that yes i did i was like are these disposable it, it really <laughs> looks like the like the like a spring summer picnic melamine dishware they would have a target yes it really track. does it really does yeah yeah but they were like this kind of looks futuristic okay yeah like, Put and that luxana's there.
0: plant pet is like a, a strand yes. from michael's yes you know exactly
1: we got to talk about that plant. At one point, Luxana Troy has a plant around her. I mean, it literally is a fake vine, like one you would find if you went to Michael's or Joanne's Fabrics, and it was like a fake. Plant yeah,
0: that's yeah. like
1: ivy. It's like basically
0: a piece of wire with like plastic encasing yes. it, and then you know fake leaves coming out of it. And they just have it like wrapped around her arm, and like they basically made it into a puppet. It's
1: a um, reverse yeah. shot, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Which, which means... Yeah, it, yeah, at one point... Like somebody like, pulled it back. Onto, and then they yeah. uh, Wyatt's mom's arm. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure it's a reverse shot where they just pulled it mm-hmm. and then they, you know, played it in reverse in the episode and so it looks like it's crawling on her.
0: Oh, God, I love it. I but, like, that's what they it. did.
1: They were like, we're just gonna... We have this piece of fake plant. Sure, it's a space pet.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, this is... this is a." There's no reason for this other than she's fighting. They're fighting with each other. So it's it's not like they. Yes. This doesn't. This isn't like super important, <laughs> but it's hilarious. It is hilarious. And all of this stuff is happening at the same t- Like this is happening at the same time that Mr. Holm is getting wasted and. Smashing that tiny gong over and over again and Data is just standing there <laughs> which staring they at everyone carry
1: through the franchise, which I love. That little gong it oh, comes back. I love it. I love
0: it so much. It's uh so Tasha, good.
1: by the way, uh, honorable mention for uh Tasha Yar's hair. Yes. Did you notice it? I did excellent. Can I, I do like that with my hair? hair?
0: Can I it is Do you think I can make my hair I mean, this is like a I think what you is can pull this? it off. Is this a a lot of hairspray? Is this yes, loose? Yes, this is a product
1: uh, hair dryer situation.
0: Ah, you got to dry it. You got to, yeah, gotta, yeah.
1: Yeah, you got to sculpt that shit on your head. But she has like her Tasha dress hair on. And yes, it is,
0: but it is like some Cindy Lauper. 80s
1: shit going 80s on. 80s <laughs> shit, yes.
0: It is like high. It is high yes. on her head. It is, it is like. Flock of seagulls. Yes, flock of seagulls. Or, or like Madonna.
1: Yes. You know,
0: like this like short haircut, but like fluffed up was a big deal her, in the
1: 80s. Her bangs are like a wave. Like there should be yes. little surfers just like riding her fluffed up bangs. That's what it looks like.
0: 80s hair is my favorite. Speaking of hair, Wyatt. His hair <laughs> is Barry Gibb hair. That is that is some BG's
1: yes. hair. It's it's very late eighties, early nineties. It's like Gib hair and, and pre what uh, my friends and I called floppy, yeah. floppy nineties hero hair, which yeah. is like every animated Disney character almost had the yes. same haircut of it being kind of just slightly floppy, but not as poofy as the eighties. Yes,
0: yes. Prince Eric from the Little Mermaid.
1: Yes. I need to talk to you about data, though, because one of the oh best my moments god. of this episode is Data, who's observing the bickering families, and then has that great line of like, "Would you please continue the petty bickering?" After, oh my god, that's what Troy calls it. Fucking as she runs hilarious. Out of the room. Um, season one, Data is very interesting, mm. and I have often wondered: is this? Uh, it has to be somewhat of a of a writer thing, because yeah because obviously brent spiner isn't control of the actual lines or the notes in the script like you know it's not just how yeah. he's acting it. but i feel like season one data sometimes shows emotion oh absolutely yeah okay and this um, is one of those moments where he seems genuinely excited not just curious yeah. but like excited to be witnessing this and i'm thinking like that's not data and it's later where they finally honed in on data's character and really understood how he should be played
0: yeah uh one example of this would be when he's standing in the party and he's got this weird sort of creepy tiny smile on his face yeah yeah like in general throughout the
1: whole season one he just has moments where he reacts in a way where it, it does come off as um emotional because he's fascinated or he's yes absolutely getting so, excited about what he's witnessing yeah and it's like uh yeah and you can tell it's just like oh this is not this is not like mature data this is data yeah. this is them yeah. still figuring out who data is as an android and i
0: think i think that it is part partially writing but i also think that's definitely like brent spiner not quite knowing what to do yeah. yet and it is, I mean, <laughs> it is definitely, it's one of the, the reasons why, one of the many reasons why I have trouble watching season one of
1: TNG because
0: Data's awkward. He's so awkward. So in this, this is definitely
1: like a, uh, it's a funny scene, but it definitely to me is like this is season one data where yeah. um, he's curious, but he's, he's still got like, a, again, that kind of like excitement. And yeah, you can tell it was like, OK, there's still Data's still cooking.
0: He'll be yeah. right in season
1: two, but he's still cooking in season one. Yeah,
0: yeah. We don't have we don't have a nice sear on Data's ex, <laughs> on, on his outside yet. We don't mm. have a crust yet. The, the fat is still rendering. Yeah. And I'm glad that that they figured that out because it was not working. Yeah, <laughs> it was I definitely agree. not working. This is a fucking roller coaster ride of input. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so much going on. Honestly, I feel like, like, I I think you did a great job with the recap, but like, this episode feels (laughs) like it's way too complicated uh, Uh, and there's way too much going on. uh, But that's one of the reasons why I love it (laughs) because it is it is just a nonstop fucking ride like the whole time also I think the music in this episode is really good uh oh, okay. it is so it is curious, so because it is over season the top one music it is season one music but it is so over the top schmaltzy like like uh like Hollywood movie score there are I have written in my notes wow there are a lot of violin solos ah <laughs> they're like and it's all like like Troy and Riker staring at each other uh <laughs> in pain and emotional distress. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, because he brought up Riker and I oh. didn't want to bring up. I feel like once again Riker has a what the fuck Riker moment where he's like oh, this yeah. is unfair to me.
0: It's like shut And I'm like up. this has nothing to do not with in a you relationship anymore. Yeah. This has this is literally nothing to do with you dude. Yeah. Uh you're allowed to be sad, but like you're not allowed to be mad at her.
1: Yeah, it brings me back to when we were talking about the child. And oh, was yeah. Like, Who's the father? And once again, yeah, and it's like, up, being Riker is like, shut up, Oddly possessive for somebody he's not. And, I mean, you shouldn't be possessive as someone, even if you are in a relationship with him. Yeah. But it's not like you're my girlfriend or you're my wife. And here comes this guy who says we're betrothed. You have to yeah. leave Riker and come with me. It's like you guys are just friends. So why yeah. are you making it all about you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think this is, uh, like we were saying with Data, this is some season one shit where, like, they do not really know yet what Deanna and Will's relationship is going to be. Also, she calls him Bill.
1: Yes, this is yeah, we we don't have the beard and we're still sometimes calling him Bill, which they And it was abandoned. so confusing.
0: I forgot about that. I was like, "Excuse me, excuse me, what did you just say?" <laughs> "Excuse <laughs> Billy? me? Did you just call him Bill?
1: Commander Billy?"
0: Yeah, awkward. Uh Commander Bill Riker. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> Commander Billiam Riker.
1: I would love it if, when his father does show up, if he just calls him Billy, like oh my the God. way Loxana always says, "Little one."
0: Oh my God! And he's like,
1: "Don't call me Billy."
0: I wish they'd brought that back, I, because Billy it would have, yeah. it would have given them a, a, like an Indiana Jones, and a, oh, it would have given them a, a sort of Harrison Ford, Sean, Sean Connery kind of. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Sean Connery. I know, R.I.P. R.I.P. Aww.
1: Indy, um, we named the dog Indy. Oh my, <laughs> my last question for you, kind of like point I wanted to talk about was actually the writing of Wyatt as an individual or Wyatt and Diana's relationship, even though it was very yeah. short. Yeah. But I actually felt like, uh, I think there was something handled really nicely about Wyatt and this sort of betrothal. I, I, I wrote that Wyatt and the Wyatt-Diana dynamic is cute um he could have been really written as something that was very just surface level like yeah warm body um or or kind of just like a a, a bro um just kind of like a, suck, a sucky guy but I yeah or like, he
0: could have been a fucking weirdo or like weirdo. like uh what's that uh what's that episode the perfect mate where oh, where yeah, yeah, she's yeah. she's supposed to oh, marry like that guy. marry that fucking weird asshole guy. He could have he just, like, just been yeah, he could have just been like I don't fucking care whatever. I'm supposed to do this and I'll just do it or or like I'm so disinterested in you. Yeah.
1: But, but I thought yeah. that Wyatt actually was given some personality um, to the point where you're actually kind of sympathetic, not only to Troy, but to both of them. Like he's feels just as awkward as Troy uh, yeah. to me. And I thought that was kind of nice to see, especially in 1987.
0: Yeah. I will say that like, I would have preferred if both of them were like, I don't want to do this. I would have preferred if like he showed her these pictures of this woman and, and had been like, I feel like I have to find her. Can you help me? Mm. And for her to be like, yeah, let's fucking figure this out. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm literally a psychologist. You're a doctor. Let's figure out what the fuck is going on. And then the whole thing happens. You know what I mean? Like that would I would be the
1: new version. That would be the new version. behind their parents back. Yeah. They're actually trying to track the woman down and, and to their parents they're acting like yeah everything's fine yeah We're ready for the big day. but they're yeah. like okay we have we have three days we gotta track her down
0: yes yes because I mean now an arranged marriage I mean that's we'd be like no it still happens <laughs> it does it's, still happen yeah. but I feel like uh now on Star Trek with especially uh an alien like the Betazoids, yeah. which seem, they seem so modern and uh, progressive. Like, it does, it does seem like, this seems like a season one shit where they were like, Prentice. oh yeah, yeah, arranged marriage, sure. They're not really thinking too hard about what the Betazoids are going to become.
1: Well, and also, it runs into problems because Wyatt is human, his parents are human. Like,
0: what, what was the problem with making them Betazoid?
1: Like, did they run out of contacts? Yeah. It's just like everyone who's actually for this is human. So why? Like, why didn't they just make them make them all Betazoid?
0: Like, why didn't they? I don't understand why they're human. That doesn't make any sense at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like if the Miller family was a Betazoid family and Deanna's father thought, here's my best Betazoid friend and this is a Betazoid ritual that would actually mean something. I'm going to go through with it, even though I'm human. That would make a little more sense
0: yeah i don't
1: understand i don't understand yeah yeah yeah
0: no yeah no 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 yeah uh whatever it's season one um (laughs) right whatever whatever, season one am i right (laughs) exactly season one am i right over and over and over so many times uh this episode is really fucking fun i really enjoyed it uh even though like we said there are some problems with some character things and some things that make no sense and uh it's season 1 and it's weird. Uh it is so entertaining. Like the the production design and the art direction are so much fucking fun. Yes. Uh, if, if you
1: want to see if you want to see a season 1 episode that sort of encompasses what season 1 was kind of about as yeah. far as just the Visual feast again of season one production, the season one music. Yeah. Um, some great character moments like Loxana Troy season one. The story, the overall story itself is sort of like, meh. You know, that's why this isn't really gonna get high marks in as as far as Star Trek episode ranking. Yeah, who cares? Uh, Yeah, the episode's just kinda like whatever. It it is the base the the base level of what you need for an episode, but wow, what a yeah what a visual treat it is (laughs)
0: such a treat it really is it feels like a treat it feels like candy
1: yeah start candy. it 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 does feel like candy when it comes to that so um uh yesterday
0: i i texted after after we were we had both chosen our episodes and watched them and stuff i texted lauren give me a lactate and bring on the cheese
1: (laughs) (laughs) which i was hoping that would come back (laughs) in the episode i'm like i hope she says that that was good (laughs) but yes it is so again it is so cheesy for star trek for sci-fi that's why you want to watch this episode as a guilty pleasure
0: yeah i love cheesy shit you guys i love it give me it give me all the cheese (laughs) (laughs) uh what's your what's y'all's favorite guilty pleasure trek episode i would love to know
1: what other people would choose for this kind of thing i'll even take it further if you guys on instagram into the wormhole podcast if you go ahead and direct message or post uh on one of our or comment on one of our posts about what your guilty pleasure episode is it might even be fun to take some of your guilty pleasure episodes watch them and then do a podcast episode about them i love
0: that yeah i'm totally down Hey, people that we already know, send us your, right? <laughs> send us your guilty pleasure
1: uh, Star Trek episodes.
0: I really want to know.
1: DJ, if you're listening to this, we'd love to know what your <laughs> wife would would suggest oh, yes. as a guilty pleasure. Oh, yes. I want to know.
0: I want to know. I really And Amanda, I really my
1: brother. Yeah. Same thing.
0: <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure? Tell us. Is it Enterprise? Oh. <laughs> Let us know on Instagram at... Into the wormhole.Podcast:
1: All right, well, I think we gotta wrap up. I can hear I can hear my baby crying. Oh, no, I mean, someone's watching the baby. I'm not just no. Like, the baby is a baby in the room next door,
0: <laughs> unattended. Lauren just handed the baby an iPad and was like, "You got this, right? You're good <laughs> uh, Hi, happy new Year, everybody. Um, we're finally out of this terrible year. Um, hopefully this next year is better then 2020 was I'm so excited that Lauren is back. Uh and we're going to have some super fun episodes coming for you in 2021. So yay! yay. I'm excited to be back. Yay! Lauren's back. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs>
1: The, there's a vaccine <laughs> the 2021 uh motto everything is going to be fine <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see i know i know wishful thinking but oh god we'll cross your fingers
0: you. right okay. find us in the collective at into the on instagram at into the into the wormhole is brought to you by we own this town Harry? Harry. Harry? Harry? Harry, why?